Jess. Yesterday, you weren't sure if we were, were recording, and I wasn't able to respond to your tweet until after 10 a.m. my time. When was the last time you were able to sleep in until 10 a.m.? 10 a.m.? <laughs> never. Not never. <laughs> That's not true. I used to sleep pretty late. In fact, it's my superpower is sleeping. Oh, is it really? Like you could just like fall asleep? Yeah. Generally, yes. Generally, yes. If I don't, you know, if I'm not, I don't have caffeine in me. Is your wife Um, jealous of you? Is she a good sleeper? Super jealous. She's a horrible sleeper. Oh. Any, the slightest movement, she she wakes up and then she can't go back to sleep. Um, So I have to, you know, be as quiet as possible if I stay up late going to bed or if I need to get up early. It's, it's a nightmare. But for me, you wake me up on, I'm. I'll go right back to sleep. Oh, put me on a plane. Put me on a plane. I'm out before takeoff. <laughs> no, really? It's like teletransportation. You know, you you're in one spot. Next thing you know, you're in another spot. It's great. It's a great it's, uh, that is the best part about sleeping and and sleeping well is because I I share that superpower to some extent. Uh, I I don't know about the plane so much, but more because I'm like really stimulated and scared. And, and if I'm going to die, I want to be awake for it for some reason. But <laughs> sometimes I go to sleep really looking forward for the to the morning because I just can't wait for the morning. But I really love sleep, too. And I'm not like going to wake up early for the morning. But some, do you ever, like I look forward to that like cup of coffee because you can't have a cup of coffee that tastes the same at 12 at night, you know? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, anyway. no. I'm all about that morning cup. Um, certainly there are times when I can be an insomniac, you know, but that's probably because I'm on my phone or something. Yeah, I'm I think do, that's I'm doing it to fair. myself. And what are your dreams like? Are you an, a, an intense dreamer? My assumption is yes. Well I, well, I used to be. I, I'm not so much anymore. And I don't, you know, and I don't know if it's because I actually just don't get a lot of sleep anymore. So oh. I don't know if that's why, but I actually think we've had this conversation before, maybe on one of the doc talks where we talked about dreams. Is that true? It's possible. Or I used to, you have deja vu. It's, no. Yeah. No. But yes, I, I get what you mean, but no, I'm not having it. Um, <laughs> I'm not having it. I'm not uh, having it. No, I got a whole thing about deja vu, but maybe we'll save that for... Um, for our deep dive into spirituality. Oh, I look um, forward to that. Yeah. But, uh, um, uh, but no, I used to have and have had very lucid dreams. I have lucid dreamt. And I, which, which means like you could like make yourself fly or turn on the lights or go, ooh, I mean, re- remember that girl that I hooked up with in college? Like you could do that. I mean, I I could maybe cultivate that those abilities. I think you know had I have I you know go down that road. But no, there are times when I could fly. I can influence flying. Yes, flying is one of my one of my go tos. Um, How do you fly? Can you explain it in uh, detail for our listeners? Because everyone, I've, I've learned that everyone flies differently. I mean, sometimes I can't get off the ground, but. Um, <laughs> But sometimes I can, and it's it's like I don't know. It's like a willing. It's like a jump and a willing to do it. Um, 
Like your mental thought process is half of the the fuel or like. It feels like it. Yeah. It feels yeah, like totally. It. You know, is, I'm aware what are your that hands, What are your hands doing? I mean, I'm not supermaning it. You know, I'm not, I don't got one <laughs> hand forward and, you know, though I suppose I could. Um, I mean, that's what I mean is that I, I, so I have a, I have a theory. You'll, you'll share, you'll save your deja vu theory. I'll share my flying theory. I feel like we all have d- uh, flying c- clubs in our brain that we meet up with. We meet up with people that fly the same way that we do. Oh, and, funny. And some of like, maybe some people do fly like Superman, but I'm curious, like, are you like waiting like a dog or like putting your hands like your Iron Man? I mean, not not like those are like like there's jets coming out of my hands or something that are propelling. <laughs> or, me but your the... jets are your thoughts, like. <laughs> yeah, it's just more like a leap of faith. It's a mm. it's a jump. You know, sometimes I do like literally have to like jump, like jump off the ground, oh, wow. jump off a building, get a big enough jump, and then kind there's there is kind of like a body thrust forward you know hands to the side (laughs) chest up and go and then once you're up you're just kind of you're just kind of floating and i don't necessarily have too much i think my body can do whatever i want it to do i'm just now levitating and i can will myself to go one way or another um this is great this is so great uh, mm-hmm. it, but it, but if people didn't have context for what you were describing, you could also be describing sex, and that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> what? How does that? How Thrusting that forward. <laughs> oh yeah. Chest up. Ru- yeah, it's a lunge. Just <laughs> kind of a. It's got to like, penetrate the air yeah, no, as I. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, okay. Thanks so much for sharing that, Nick. What about you? Wait, wait, wait. You fly. Did you just say you I fly? I do fly. I do fly. I what's have your, less. What's your flying technique? I have less control of it, over it. I've only like lucid dreamt once. But my flying, it too, is also like a lot of willpower. But then I feel like I have to, um, my hands are, my, my arms are out really straight. And I feel like I have, to, I do use the force. Like, like I'm, like I'm flying. I'm flapping for sure. Oh, okay. Does it, yeah, so like there's a, a lot of physical work. Yeah, so nothing, <gasps> yeah. but but like super straight, and and I'm you know pushing gravity down or something. Like I'm I'm using I'm using the forces of gravity. Yeah, well, it's that moment. It's that like getting off the ground. Like however you yeah. you do it, you got to get off the ground somehow. Uh, I guess the once bummer you know about you it can. is that right. it just feels so real. It just feels like God. I should be able to do this in real life. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe not I mean, a bummer. I mean, look, my lucid dreaming even goes goes further, but I don't know how much time we want to take to talk about it. But I've had some I, pretty intense experiences. Maybe we, we, could, we could even save that for our deep dive. Nick, hmm. the fact that you think people are even somewhat interested is sad. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I couldn't wait. find that out, so I wanted to be mean. That was that was that was mean. That was very I'm mean. sorry. It's okay. Honestly, the type of dreaming I've had, I I promise you people would be interested. It's pretty okay. crazy. Great. You've you've whetted their appetite for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've set expectations so high. Truly. Uh Nick. 
I don't want to talk about anything else but one thing today, and you're you're going to be so surprised by this. Hmm. My friend Scott Rubin wrote a book, and it's called "Naming Your Little Geek." Can you imagine what that book might be about? <laughs> Well, since I feel like you're doing a segue into uh, our uh, our live read, um, I'm gonna guess the little geek is your little friend, is your little is your little downstairs neighbor, your little buddy. No, I'm no. <laughs> no. So we're not gonna talk about that. We're literally only gonna talk about a book today. And <laughs> I I thought I thought how could you write a whole book just. Just on naming, but I guess maybe there was a philosophy that like how you name it is important, and what you name it. Says but here's the thing: you could use his book to name such a thing as your down there region, if that if that interested you. Got it. Okay. So okay. like, so if I'm you not were like that totally kind of off base. Well, yes, a hundred percent off base. But I'm just saying the the the, the possibilities are boundless. So he wrote a book called Naming Your Little Geek, and it is uh, an entire index of names in geeky culture. So it goes from DC, Marvel, to Star Wars, to Battlestar Galactica. He's compiled all the names so that if you wanted to name your child or your vagina something geeky, you could flip through the book. So I like, like I could name, I could name my, my, um. Oh, God, don't. No, Uh, no. Yes, you could. Han Solo or... Yeah, uh, you could. And he would give you the reason as to, like, the history of Han Solo. So it's not just, hey, Han Solo is a name. You get get so much more information about about that. uh, About how my penis ran to Kessel Run? Uh, Yes. In in eight parsecs or something. (laughs) It's good for the second child that you might have. It's good for naming your car. It's good for naming your D&D characters, your, your nether regions, your animals. Uh, it's a super, super great book that we, I think we've soiled it <laughs> properly. Soiled it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the cool thing is, yes, uh, one of our other sponsors is Bubbles and Things Soaps. And she's the wife to his husband. And so his book oh. is available on their website, which is bubblesandthingssoaps.com. That's that's a that's a great connection. It's a beautiful connection. Does soaps. she name her soaps after his characters that's in his book? Great question. Um, she does do geeky soaps. So mm. like she has a, a shining inspired soap. She does a whole bunch of Halloween style soaps. Uh the guy who just uh directed the prequel or or sequel to the shining ordered a bunch of them so like he's they definitely are a geeky family and uh and are proud of it i don't know that she flips through the book though to name her things i think she already knows she might what she wants know. to do she may not you know yeah no probably. and i know that you don't need this book very much because you're really good at naming things in general Am but I? other people Aren't you? You're good at coming up with titles and t-shirts and... Sure. Yeah. I'll take that. Okay. (laughs) 
Okay, so Nick, welcome back to, are you ready for this? The seventh episode? Ay, ay, ay. Oh my gosh. I know, I know. That means time goes really fast. Well, you know what they say about seven, right? What? No. It's like, a, like the seven year itch, you know what I mean? It's like, oh! We've hit the seven mark. Are we going to stand the test of time? We're going to make it to eight? Are you itching for other podcasts, Nick? I don't know. I didn't know I was until you said seven. And I was like, <gasps> oh, oh, I, I triggered something in you. Oh, Jesus. I mean, will, will it help you to know that I was one of the temptresses in the seven year itch? I was like the French temptress in the, oh, in that, the play. Oh, there is a play called Seven Year Itch? Oh, yeah. Cool. And, and so the movie, right? It's um, uh, Marilyn Monroe. And the whole thing is that the guy has. Uh, a seven-year itch. He's been married for seven years. The wife goes on vacation, and he's got this upstairs neighbor, and it's hot outside, and the air conditioning is broken, and she needs ice. And I think uh, it's also the iconic scene of when her dress blows up. But it originated as a play, and in the movie, he doesn't sleep with her. Spoiler. And in the play, he does sleep with her. Mm. And you were the one who he slept with. I was not. No. The one that he sleeps with is, quote, unquote, the Marilyn Monroe character. But in the play, he fantasizes about all the other women he could have slept with or had the opportunity to. Oh. And like, oh, remember when your friend hit on me? Or there was that nude French woman who I played on the beach that was like, definitely. And like, why did I turn her down? That's so, I mean. Did you have a French accent? It was really bad. Can we hear it? Oh. Oh, God. I've had to play French more than I care. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, give me something to say. I can't even. Um, oh, I didn't expect to see you there. Oh, I did not expect to see you there. <laughs> Mon chéri. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't want to do it. There's. Uh, I also had to play a French like mistress of like a, a school for a, a all-girls school in the boyfriend i was madame dubonnet and i was i gave my boyfriend Plessy um a, a banana hammock <laughs> and i couldn't <laughs> sing the the notes everything was too high i was an alto and they were making me sing soprano you're like triggering a very uh insecure part of my performance range <laughs> right, right now uh i just need to prepare a little bit more or sorry i'm just not I can't handle it. So yes, um, I did do it. I think I did a good job, and I was like, I was like looking fire. It was I was doing good. But this was also ten years ago, eleven years ago now. Oh, back back when you were a teenager. I was no, I was twenty something, twenty four. No, I, I was trying to. I was just trying to make you sound younger than you are. Or now I've made you feel older than you are. No, so it's, it's okay. No. I am the age that I am. Great. Wow, Nick, <laughs> I, I'm feeling the seven-year itch. So I think it's part of our uh, stop collab, nope, stop calibrate and listen. We are, have gotten feedback from Uh-oh, Gen, have Gen Z. I, I was told this. I was oh, told oh, that I have oh, a lot oh. to learn. Oh, oh, that. Listen, there's a lot to talk about with regards to Gen Z and a couple things that happened this week that I can't wait to get your hot take on. But I have heard that you have a special special intel from Gen Z. Oh, no, wait. No, this is feedback. See, I thought you were talking about something else. No, this is, I don't know if this is what you would call feedback or what we <laughs> Admonishment. call. Admonishment. <laughs> straight up, 
getting owned by a teenager um, <laughs> who who was relentless in her criticism. Relentless? Uh, oh, I don't even know if I... I first I can't do a French accent and now I'm going to get chewed out by a teenage, a tween. I can't handle this. I don't want it. <laughs> it, it, it was, it was amazing. So my, um, my niece, um, texted me <laughs> out of the blue. Uh, and I'm going to, let me just pull it up. Let me just see if I can great, get, great. get the and, and it should exact. be said, it should be said that you did or did not get her consent to, to, Share her I did. I did get her consent to, okay, to share this. I also got her parents' consent. Oh, this is great. To share this as well. Um, let's see. Oh my gosh, this thread it just goes. It's just so deep. Oh my god, um, I'm so sad. I knew we were gonna get some things wrong, but let's see. Um, let's see how bad. Oh my gosh, we really went. Oh, okay. This this is great. She sends me, so she sends me, you know, just a screen grab of the definition of the word chuggy. Oh, God. Which, by the way, is the proper pronunciation. I got uh, it. We, we, you got it? You feel, Listen. You, you know, you, I, know, I know you did a poll and a few people validated your wrong. Actually, my pronunciation of chuggy was win. It did win in that poll, just to be fair. It did. But then there was it, confusion as to what I meant, because when, I guess people don't know, when you say G-E-E, -E, that actually sounds like G, chuggy. So anyway. Yeah, but to you, it sounds that way. But to anyone else who's no. actually online and, and did the sort of uh, when phonetics I say, of the word, they do it that way. So When someone spells the word G-E-E, -E, what does that say? What is that word? But you're saying what's the word. What is the, the word? word? Just answer it. But Just you're not answer what, it. What's, what's the phonetics? Hold on. What's G-E-E? -E? How do you pronounce G-E-E? -E? That's all I want to know. Well, the word OG. Ha, no, just OG. Yes. Golly, so, golly, G. Yes. Chew, G. That that should be that should have been clear. Now. Well, you should take it up on. with 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 the moving on. Who when I when I read the article, it said Chuji. I'm willing to be wrong. I also have come to the point where I prefer Chugi, and I've been seeing Chug. By the way. And I think what happened, it could be that a dumb millennial misunderstood it and didn't know how it was said, and I read that wrong article. And it could also be a GIF versus a GIF-like argument, too. Certainly. Oh, but my what, God. What the thing I think is important is, is how much shit you gave me for mispronouncing it the first time. <laughs> As if you knew. Like, I was like, oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, she knows. She's so confident. But really, you just saw some phonetics online and we're like, this is how you say it. <laughs> There's something to know about me when I am emphatic and um, adamant and, and angry and loud. I'm probably wrong. And probably unsure of myself, <laughs> like ninety percent sure. I, that doesn't mean I'm not willing to say I was wrong. I think I was like eighty percent wrong because I did read what I read. Anyway, what does Haley have to say about Chugi? She says. So she sends a screen grab of the word and the definition, and then she says, "This isn't a thing. No <laughs> one says that. 
Only <laughs> old people talk about it. Only old people talk about that? Say it again. Or Yeah, only old people know about it. Oh my God, that's not true. And then, well, th- then it opened up this whole thing. I was like, well, okay, well, like, explain, explain this to me. I need to, I need to understand. She's so mean but, in her delivery. She wasn't even nice about it. No, but yeah, I understand. She's my niece. She's, you know, she can talk to me. Oh no, I hate and... her. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. I think, uh, I think this is, uh, one of the things that makes her, um, awesome is to have, a strong opinion. Look, you're, you know, it. you're, no, of when course, you're a teenager, I'm, again, you know. I'm being hyperbolic. Carry but, on. But this, but, but it is, but it definitely is shocking because, because you're just getting called, I mean, you know, she's just slinging out old people. Um, and she goes, you know, you're old, Nick. I said, oh, believe me, I'm fully aware. Oh my God. Of how old I am. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> This is not a nice family member. Actually, no, I call no, you old you, all the time. It's fine. It's okay. No, you. Ha- I mean, look, you have to. You have to understand, uh, like, where this ended up going. So I was like, I gotta understand this perspective. I need to know this. Um, and it was so great. You know, like at one point, she's like, "I wear skinny jeans and I part my hair to the side." You know what mm. I mean? I was like, mm. so she's just like dispelling this whole whole myth of. Oh, in her mind, which is a myth. And I was like, well, well, is there a difference between you and maybe a 20-something Gen Zer? Right? Because cause I feel like, I mean, like, I feel like, you know, there's there are these videos of Gen Zers, you know, doing this type of thing. It is and out her, there, for sure. We're not making her, it up. Her whole argument, look, whether it's valid or not, is that millennials are making this a thing to stay relevant. And I was like, whoa, which, <laughs> which if you think about it, the articles are written by millennials. Um, millennials are the ones seemingly talking about it, though I did go down a TikTok rabbit hole where I saw what appeared to be young 20-something Gen Zers talking about what's chuggy. Like, um, For the audience that you they can't see me, I am having an existential crisis right now and I, it is, it, it, it I, know, I know this i know i can't <laughs> breathe <laughs> it's so here's the thing about the younger generation they're so tapped in that to tb for her at a teenager to read that and understand the different like to she just read us and made us feel like fucking children like or idiots like oh it hurts so Remember when we were talking about geriatric millennials? I think that um, like applies in two ways to your point. Is is one that I do think your nineteen to twenty five year old Gen Zers are vastly different, especially because they're drinking, they're sexing, they're you know older, they're collegeing, they're just entering the world, right? You have your younger version of that, so there there probably is like a healthy way to differentiate older versus younger in that Gen Z pocket. But also that article about geriatric millennial was really self-ingratiating and done by a millennial who was trying to make them feel good for being 39 and still relevant in the workforce. That's how I read it. it was like, just fucking let it go. You either are going to work or you're not going to work or you're going to be cool or you're not going to be cool. 
because uh, what I was reading about was that, and we talked about this too, the the boomer Gen Z fight or the millennial Gen Z fight has changed, and the Gen Z fight and millennial fight is now the thing that's happening, and I I don't care about it. I think uh, how do I put it? I think. It kind of segues sort of nicely into something else, to, to the thing I was going to talk to you about, but I wanted to get a, one more Haley update or two before we move on to that, unless there isn't one. No, you know, there is. So, so I was like, okay, well, this is a great opportunity for me to just try to understand a Gen Z perspective. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, well, what is, you know, well, tell me, what is it? What is it that makes what is it that makes Gen Z Gen Z? And I, and I think what I first said is like, what is what does Gen Z think is cool? You know, or what's the what's the I can't remember the exact phrasing, but like, what's the popular thing with Gen Z? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she basically was like, you're at, basically in not, in not these words. She's like, you're asking the wrong question. You know, there are no wrong questions. Well, she didn't say like I said; those weren't her words. Okay, but basically, she's saying like. It's not about, basically what she was saying is, it's not about what's cool. We're not about what's cool. Millennials are all about what's cool. I was like, oh, that's interesting because, you know, we're not about what's popular. We're not about like gravitating to one, you know, like the like pop culture and what's cool. What they're about, from, from her perspective. No, I understand. Is about being the individual and being yourself and whatever that is hmm. for you. So it's not about, and I was like, that, that made sense to me because, um, because I do, I do feel that, like, I do feel with Gen Z, there is like this sort of, um, like, I think we even talked about it a week or two ago about, you know, the, the need to celebrate the individual and like, in whatever they are and to accept all people for whoever they are and whatever they think and whatever, however they self-identify or however they choose to live their life, there does seem to be that. Whereas in the past, there definitely was more, it has been more about like, con, like conforming to an ideal, what's popular, what's cool, um, and being a part of the, being a part of the, the pop culture of, you know, you know, what's the fashion, what's the statement. Um, and that, that maybe Gen Z is pushing against that saying, no, we're about, you know, celebrating our differences, what makes us individuals and it, whatever you want to part your hair to the side, you want to wear skinny jeans, whatever you want to wear, it doesn't matter. Just be yourself. Mm. And I was like, you know, and I, and I, you know, and as I started to understand it and I, you know, I started to explain like, well, you know, is this what you're talking about? She goes, yes, now you're getting it. And I was like, oh, well, that, that is interesting. You know, whether, you know, whether she's right or not, it does, it did resonate with me that millennials, and not just millennials, I'm sure Gen Z had their own version of this, but there was like, there is constantly like this talk of like, well, what's cool? What's in? What's out? You know, even the sense of chuggy, like this whole thing about chuggies, like, well, that's why she's like, it's not a thing. It's not about what's in and what's out. It's just about being yourself. Like that, that, that was what was fascinating to me. Yeah, I think what I what I think is interesting for you in particular is something you not lamented but kind of said that we're you you said this that we're in a period where socially and um, you know social justice or whatever we are 
focused on the individual, what makes someone different and how they stand out and how that's important. Uh, when as it used to be like the melting pot and, and you just said it was like a pendulum that we're going to go the other way, that we need to get to this extreme of you are the this individual, right? Do you remember talking about that? Yes, yeah. So what I like about that for you is um, it gives you the positive spin on that as why to as why maybe individuality is helpful, especially to that generation. It's it's just a different perspective, which is I'm also grateful for. Um, I do think that it there still is comparison to the millennials, whether it's negative or positive, so that they can also define themselves, which is naturally going to alienate people because they feel uh, not part of that crowd. And maybe that's how millennials feel. And also there's a lack of – and again, this is one very nice opinionated young lady's opinion, but there is obviously fads and things that are like – culturally taking over absolutely but the internet has made it so that this is absolutely a symptom of the internet uh that your niche band can be successful because only a thousand people like it or this niche thing can be cool because only those people you can have subsects of interest and be successful or or have a platform so i'm sure that's a a symptom of it yeah i think so and i I mean I also wonder if like, I mean, aren't millennials kind of the social media generation, like the the generation that really grew up with social media and are very much, were very much influenced with, no, you're shaking your head? Well, not really because we didn't have Instagram when we were in middle school or high school. And that is a, that's something that we actually. Well, maybe not the geriatric millennials. Okay. Watch your language. <laughs> uh, even my brother, right? The '96, born in '96, they weren't. They didn't have social media. Maybe I don't know. when when were when were people growing up with social media? Maybe thirteen, fourteen. At the youngest, I wonder when the youngest millennial has like social media, but like big. So like, I have a, I've had a Twitter since 2010, and in that year, my brother would have been fourteen. Yeah, that's well. I mean. A lot of kids don't get phones until they're 13, 14. Right. So I think we're that's kind of the defining factor of a millennial, right? It's like not always – not having to have a phone as a tool. And then the only reason why I'm just differentiating it is uh, the unique experience of truly your life could be documented from the beginning of it till the end of it on social media is a unique Gen Z experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and – they're not not plugged into social media. They're just finding other platforms. Like t- TikTok is very, very, very popular with the gen- Generation Z. That doesn't mean there aren't cool boomers or m- millennials or whatever. They're, uh, obviously, people are on all sorts of social medias. I think, I think we, I think we like, got sucked in. I think our egos started getting tied to social media. As millennials, yeah, that's what I'm referring to. Like, the, 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 I just don't. The, the, I just don't think it would be. It would. I, it's. It's probably too soon to say that there isn't the same exact effect ha- happening to Gen Z, though. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Is just. Because. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, but, but I do think there is a there is has been evolving a different relationship to, to likes and and 
and clicks and things like that. Whereas yes, and but <laughs> it's still the more the more clicks and the likes you get, you can get paid as a creator. Totally. Uh, you know, you have to get ten viral TikToks before you can start getting paid. Like there still is an obsession over no matter what generation you are, how well your thing is doing. They might even be better at it. There are like literal TikTok houses where kids just oh, live yeah. at a TikTok house and create fucking videos all day. And and there's the same thing's true with YouTube and Twitch and there are pockets. People people get it. This is like their becomes their life. Uh I just I, I maybe I'm misunderstanding what you're saying. Oh, just that that the I, I, that I, 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 you know, like I, I'm, I'm with you. I could, you know, we don't know exact. I don't. I'm not tapped into knowing like how the need for likes and approval of social, you know, uh, online social media from your followers affects, you know, kids growing up. But I, growing up today. But I do think it's pretty well um, uh, understood or whatever that. Millennials who were kind of experiencing that when it, when it really became a new thing of like getting those likes, getting the validation from people, you know, social media bullying, um, you know, all that type of stuff when it first was coming out and that, you know, I think they got the brunt of it. Whereas now the younger generation at least can see that and go, oh, there's some flaws there. Whether or not they, some probably, you know, can still choose to do it, but don't they like, you know, they're like Facebooks for old people. Now they're like Instagrams for old people. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it continues to way, evolve. But yes, yeah. Snapchat kind of took over for the younger millennials, and then TikTok is the Gen Z. I, I mean, I, I just just to be fair, and I know you're not saying this, but obviously, social media bullying bullying still happens, and people mm -hmm. aren't. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It almost is arguable that it could probably be at a high because so many more people are using it. Sure. But I do remember my my example of a social media obsession for myself was the first I remember being at a restaurant when the, the first I knew the first person that had a Facebook capable phone. Like, I can get Facebook on this phone. And it was like a dumb Nokia kinda looking thing with like maybe a color screen, maybe not. And I remember trying desperately to sign into Facebook just to see if it was gonna work or to see if I had any likes. I didn't even I don't even remember who I was at dinner with because like it took it took 10 minutes for one page to load and I just it the fast it coupled with the fascination of the fact that a phone could do that but also it was who who liked what I literally remember people boasting about how many people liked their uh posts on Facebook and it it's on it's it's crazy it's crazy yeah that's what I'm talking about yeah. I mean, and it's not like it hasn't gone across all generations. I mean, look, I know people, my my peers who, you know, watch the like button, you know, and see what happens. I personally just never been that that person. Um, but uh, but I just know that, um, yeah, it just feels like, I, I, you know, it's just, I can only imagine what it would be like to have that as a teenager or even in college. I just, you know, it's just a, it's a different I feel very experience. lucky. I feel very lucky that that passed over me, though. I think we will see an interesting generation because of that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So speaking of Gen Z and being tapped in and having this whole new 
perspective, uh, but also being the relevant, which they're totally wrong. We're still, well, we're fiscally relevant because even though we don't make any money as millennials, we still are the bigger com- consumers because we still need things. And so we're, we're marketed to pretty heavily, but maybe Gen Z is cooler, whatever. Did you hear about uh, Chris Evans made made headlines last week? Did, I no. mean, besides the fact that, you know, he always does big headlines, whether he accidentally slips a dick pic or something like that. Did you? Oh, God. Anyway, uh, I digress. He has a website called A Starting Point, and Newsweek had an exclusive interview with him and article uh, where his major focus point right now is getting the younger Gen Z generation in on politics so that they can understand it, make it digestible, make it accessible, uh, and get them involved. Because they're getting to the point where, you know, we have, you know, probably 40% of that generation is votable now or like in the voting age bracket. And he's basically just being an awesome human and collaborating with cool Gen Z smart kids and trying to get them to know politics. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Seems cool. Well, no, I don't know. I don't have anything more to say about it. But I mean, how about this? My question to you is, are you... How do you, what are you, mm, here's, I have the question, I can't formulate it. Does a voting Generation Z populace scare you or entice you? Uh, No, I think it entices me. Um, Yeah, I think it entices me. I mean, I think the more people you have with the ability to vote, just, you know, with hopefully they have some sort of, sound mind and well thought out reasoning um but oh no if you can hear me you can't hear me uh yeah right when you said but sound oh. reasoning you kind of... a, um, but all generations have people who are more knowledgeable than others um i think the more people understand politics i mean i also would hope that it's a balanced uh experience of politics because i think things have become you know, obviously very divisive and, you know, maybe rightly so if you're on one side of the aisle or the other, um, that you think the other side is, you know, super misguided. Um, but I would hope we would teach, um, the younger generation about the importance of having multiple perspectives and how we can work together. Um, so as long as it's about that and it's not about like pushing a particular agenda, you know, one of the things that is like, that's been fascinating uh, for me is, is you know, when you look at different generations, and we talked a little bit last week about how the, you know, the boomer generation didn't talk about finances. Well, it's also the same thing about politics, right? There's a couple of things, you know, traditionally you don't talk about. You don't talk about right. politics, you don't talk about religion, and you don't talk about finances. Um, but now that's all changed. Now it's like, Let's lay it on the table. Let's talk about politics. And I can see how uh, that's important. You know, I, I can see because it's important to have dialogue. It's important for people to talk about things and learn how to have these conversations. Um, at the same time, uh, it's also become like a weapon and a way to um, and a way to divide people. I mean, one of the reasons I think you didn't talk about it before is because 
you can have your political beliefs, but they shouldn't define you. And then once you start defining people by their political beliefs, now you get yourself into a real sticky area. So it's a real double-edged sword. I think it's another one of those pendulum swings that, that we're experiencing where we have to go through this period of, of trying to be as transparent, or not transparent, but have these conversations and put them out there so that people can't, you know, say they never heard it before. But it's still all, all of its bias and incomplete. And I don't know that many people think that way. So based off of what I was listening to with regards to the interview with um, Chris Evans and his partner and three of these like leaders of Gen Z, they obviously have put a lot of thought into it. And one of their major conceits is that you want to criticize the, the concept, not the person. You need to listen to the person. Don't interrupt them. Um, just really thoughtful ways of learning how to engage people who don't think the same as you and realizing that you can easily lop someone into a category of uh, a certain belief when really there are nuances in their belief system and reasons for why they believe in what they believe. I think truly, personally, I think the social media experience has made it so that everyone just has these sound bites of this is what I believe and everything else is wrong. And so it's polarized people even further to one side or the other. And the only uh, argument I have towards your thought with regards to um, maybe not needing to talk about this if we get it out of the way now, I think we're, even our forefathers knew this, we are going to always change. New rules are always going to be needed. Uh, new challenges are always going to come up to our society. And so perhaps learning how to have a healthier dialogue moving forward will help us when those uh, challenges or differences arrive. And I think it's exciting that we have kind of Gen Z is sort of going to be the product of a generation that was learning to talk about mental health, religion, race, you know, all these things that were hard to talk about. So what kind of openness do we get? on both sides went with with regards to that it's pretty it's pretty exciting no very exciting yeah no i agree with everything you said thank god because i was very nervous for you to disagree with me what well, i just i just mean to say that like i don't think the next step after this pendulum swing is to go back to not talking about politics no 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 <laughs> but, yeah, but, but i was know. talking to my i was talking to my mom she's born again christian and that is a point of contention for us and so in order for her to come over and hang out with me, she's not allowed to evangelize me. Uh, and my argument is that I don't tell her not to believe in God or not to believe in Jesus. So I don't try to change her perspective. Don't change mine. And then there's the added challenge that she's very Christian Republican. And with all the trappings of that and uh, Fox News, headlines sound bites all those things and just kind of like a talking head and um but at the same time a lot of her beliefs in Repu republican values are founded in her christian values so i respect that to some extent but we're also can't talk about that if we want to hang out and we were hanging out last week having lunch and she goes oh your brother and he's going through a tough time right now and 
I said, what? What about Joe? And he's, and she said, well, he just was, he was getting so mad at me for what I was eating. Like, he just was so mad. So he's vegan and mm. he is, he has a whole belief system based on mind, body, wellness with regards to organic, natural. Uh, he's reframing for himself uh, what drugs are. He calls them medicine. If you're taking, you know, mushrooms or ayahuasca and stuff like that. So he's like on this whole train of shamanism for lack of a better all-encompassing word and my mom was lamenting how stringent he was being how dogmatic he was being and i said okay i'm going to snapshot this moment patty the way he angers you about that is the way you anger me about your religion and he gets angry because he wants you to be happy. And this is the way he's found how to be happy is by, I mean, how, yes, of course, is by eating well, by drinking kombucha and, you know, snorting some tobacco. He feels like at his happiest. We'll have to talk about that another time. Um, and my mom feels most peace and comfort when she thinks about Jesus ha carrying half her load. And I feel faith in the fact that there is nothing at the end but but also like the uh social justice and and politics i'm not like as immersed as i as most people i'm way more immersed in it than i ever thought i would be but like standing up for what's right i think is kind of where where i put my faith into things um and i was she kind of could see for the first time that we all have our different versions of religion she still thought her religion was the right one <laughs> Uh, cause that's, we all, all roads lead to Jesus and she doesn't want to be in hell. She doesn't want me to be in hell. <laughs> so, uh, mm -hmm. anyway, that's just my recent snapshot into my life. And I recognize that, uh, dogmaticism in all things is not healthy. I do realize that. Yes, exactly. Balance. <sighs> okay. Balance. Nick. Are you here right now? Are you present with us? Yeah. Okay. Do I not look like I am? I don't know. You're looking at your phone. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm You're looking drawing, at your nails? I'm drawing doodles on a piece of paper. Oh, is that... Do you listen that way? Are you like a... What, what is that? The X marks the spot? <laughs> for, for people uh, that are listening, Nick held up a very like two millimeter by two millimeter piece of paper with a, a, an X drawn on it. I get it. I'm a doodler when people pontificate or talk a lot. Um, no, no. I just sometimes, you know, just a lot, I, you know, allows it's me a lot to, to think about. It allows me to process. No, it's not a lot to think about. Um, no, I think, uh, yeah, I th you know, and maybe this is, you know, this is also stuff we'll, I'm sure we'll get into uh, when we deep dive into religion and spirituality. Yeah, at the end of the day, I think any time that the, somebody has a fervor <laughs> um, or any sort of this is the way, uh, this warning bells should be popping up, you know. That's when your your radar should be should be going off. Even yeah, in yourself. I, anytime yourself does that, you know. But and again, my brother just wants my mom to be happy and healthy. My mom wants me to be happy in the way she believes I could be happy because it brings her joy and i want her to believe in democrats in democracy because that i feel is the better way so 
at the end of the day, a lot of almost all of our differences are usually stemming from love because we want people to experience what we think we're actually experiencing. So that that's my takeaway. That's mm. my impart impartion for that. Which then brings us all the way back to my niece's assessment of Gen Z. It's just people just let people be themselves. People be people. Do your thing. Be your own. But God says you can't do that. So <laughs> she's she's wrong. Okay, I got I got. I got a shocker for you. Okay. And I just, I just, not a hundred percent, not a hundred. Okay. So it's not, the reason why it's relevant is that this person traverses many generations for us. And we have seen many iterations of this person throughout the years. To the point where some people even think he's problematic. But now there's a new problem with Batman. Have you heard about this? Oh, no. I'm a Batman fan, just to be clear. Okay, I'm down with Batman. I like like Batman. I'm a Michael Keaton kind of guy, but I also appreciated Christian Bale. Um, There we go. Okay, same page. I don't understand Robert Pattinson, but maybe I will when when I go see it. Willing to be, you know, we we Christian Bale is also not American, right? We 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 criticized. We didn't criticize him, but that's not why he's problematic in one regard. But he's problematic for a new, more topical regard. Are you ready for this quote? This quote I'm about to give you. Let's go. This is in regards to an animated series of Harley Quinn on HBO Max, and. They say it's incredibly gratifying and free to be using characters that are considered villains because you have so much more leeway, says Halpern. A perfect example of his, uh, a perfect example of that is in this third season of Harley when we had a moment where Batman was going down on Catwoman. And DC was like, you can't do that. You absolutely cannot do that. They're like, heroes don't do that. So we said, are you saying heroes are just selfish lovers? They were like, no. It's that we sell consumer toys for heroes. It's hard to sell a toy if Batman is also going down on someone, end quote. <laughs> so this man that we expect to love and protect us apparently doesn't go down on women. How do you plea, Batman? <laughs> I... <laughs> Twitter was ablaze last night, and today we're, we're recording on Tuesday, and Twitter was going off. Well, I, th- I mean, is it more that they're just saying that seeing Batman in a sexual act makes him less wholesome for sales of toys? Isn't that what they're saying? Yes, and but. This is a mature animated series that is on HBO that is not specifically mm. for children. That being said... It still is the brand of Batman, which if you ask me, do I have I ever thought about Batman going down on somebody? I've never thought about that. No. But have we seen him in seduction romantic situations? I mean, you, you never thought about George Clooney? No. Down? No. No, no I was George a little Clooney young can. for that movie. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that was just wasn't something I was thinking about. Maybe maybe later if I rewatch it. I so bat I don't do you know why Batman's considered problematic in some ways now besides his cunnilingus de- de- 
defection. Why is he considered problematic? Because um, it's, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, actually, I think I, I think it's maybe maybe once you say it, it might go, oh, This yeah, won't no. shock you. Yeah, it won't shock you. Because he's a billionaire, the question is, why isn't he reinvesting the money into society, but just spending a bunch of money on toys to fight crime single-handedly as opposed to doing Oh, I reform. thought Wayne Enterprises did do philanthropic To some work. extent, but they still thought... That he, if he's a billionaire, why is he taking like why, why is he taking it all into one in one hand? And I think more than anything, it, the real argument is: Do we still need this one glorified hero? Is that the person that we still need to I- idolize? Is this the same complaint of Iron Man? Hmm. I uh, Iron Man is not perfect. If, did you watch? Uh, well, no. Did I you haven't. watch? No. What? Oh, watch Iron Man. Oh, you no. don't watch. You don't watch it. I ha- I have watched the Iron Man, like of yeah. all the MCU movies, I've watched I think two Iron Man. I, I was the same as you. I'd seen two Iron Man and one uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So I'm referring to the uh, Winter Soldier and the Falcon. And I've butchered that name, but there's a little bit more expo- exploration on the impact of Tony Stark fiscally and not fiscally. Um, Yes, that's why it's not a perfect argument. I, it's there's like holes to be poked in it, and at the end of the day, for both things, including him not going down, it's a fictional character that we're just not accustomed to seeing. Like the we, we want to see him the way that we see him, and I don't see him going down on somebody. Like I just don't. I don't. I don't know that I want to see that. Yeah, I mean, oh, so you're on the side of you don't want to see him go down on something. I'm on the side where I understand why the creators and executives are being conservative with regards to that. It's just not, do I want in my best fantasy to think about that? Sure, great. I think about Kirk and Spock hooking up all the time. I think Loki and Thor are in love with each other. That's something I think about. They're brothers, aren't they? Kinda, kinda not. There's some sort of homoeroticism in my mind. I'm not the only person. Incestual homoeroticism. Apparently. No, but he's not really the son. No, oh, I guess this is something I don't know. Okay. He's, so, a, he's, a, he's an adopted kid. It's Norse mythology. We'll have to get through this some other time. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying. There's fantasies abound, but. Do I, think- I need, like, a hero, superhero, like, this was the criticism with the Zack Snyder film. Some people liked it, some people really hated it, and all they wanted to, all it really accomplished was Batman saying the F word. Do we need that? Well, Batman, has, hasn't Batman always been a flawed human being? Isn't this part of the lore of Batman? I mean, I'm not, a, I, as we know, I'm not a huge comic book person, although I love, I love comic book stories. Um... But isn't isn't Batman that isn't that part of who he is? Is that he's flawed? I mean, you you have this you have this uh, guy who was watched his parents get shot before his eyes, which caused this trauma that 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 spurred the rest of his life to become a vigilante. I mean, he's he and he's a bat. He's a he's a Batman. He's, right? he's so, a bat. <laughs> yeah, he chose the bat because the bat is more of the night. It's a it's the darker. It's the shadow self, right? He lives in the shadows. He's the shadow self. Um, you know, there's only real big redeeming quality is that he doesn't 
he doesn't kill. He puts people in jail. Like that's also the thing that kind of made him interesting. But he's he's pursued like he he's motivated by his psychology. He's motivated by his trauma. So he's always been flawed. And seeing him indulge in hedonistic activities doesn't seem out of character for me. Um, and hold on. Going down on somebody is hedonistic. Can you define hedonistic? I'm using, the, I have a horrible vocabulary. I just meant, maybe I shouldn't be using the word hedonistic. I don't know. But in, in the earthly pleasures of life, sex, sexuality is, is a earthly pleasure. What? No, what am I, you're putting your hand in your head in your hand. No, I just can't get over hedonistic. <laughs> what? What's the definition of hedonism? Should I look it well, up? I, I, I think mean, it's got a negative biblical connotation. Does it have a negative? Um, no, you're thinking of heathenism. Hedonistic hedonism is different. Heathen is different than hedon. So I'm well, I'm open to be. That's why I asked you for the definition. So because because I am not sure. It's about pleasures. So let's see, hedonistic. Well, let's just get the exact definition here. Great. Engaged in the per, engaged in the pursuit of pleasure. Sensually self-indulgent. Eh, connotation okay. not a hundred percent positive, but not as bad as I. Th- I thought it meant like no. It's just maybe your own. I prejudice. thought it was like this totally prejudice. <laughs> totally your own prejudices. I, sorry, it's fine. Again, I'm sorry. I'm really enjoying your comp- com- company today. I don't speak well either. Often, I guess maybe the negative side to it is that it may be self-indulgent. The self-indulgence. I I had extra connotation, extra connotation to me, like not good. So I, you were I guess more correct than I gave you because you're, you're more pleasing yourself as opposed, you know. Well, shit. Um, and that's some people don't agree with that, right? It's a it's a sin, right? I think the people who are like up in arms about this, I think they're, and I haven't read any of the, any of the perspectives. Yeah, no, I, I my, my guess to would be to just say it's like, why, why is going down on a woman so graphic? Like, why can't, you know, pleasing a woman and celebrating a woman's body, why can't just that just be part of our culture? Right. Um, and I, I think maybe that's part of where, where it's, where it's coming from, from as well. Um, it is, to be fair, I like a real. It, it's it it will strangely. It is like a def, it's like a can't go past that point marker. Like can't go back from there. It but I think this is more to your point. It shouldn't be such a big fucking deal. That those acts are like whoa stop there whoa we don't do that but. Uh, but I think it it does go hand in hand. Like, do we need every every IP to have that? Do we need ha- every I, – I, again, I don't have a, a hard, fast opinion about it either way. I agree with you that it shouldn't be so stigmatized and we shouldn't be so Puritan about it. I mean, I think it would be a little bit different if Superman did it. Oh, if Superman, Superman did it, you'd be like – definitely goes down. Wait, wait, why? Why Superman? I oh, thought Superman. Superman what, is he's... in love with women. He loves women. Wait, and Batman doesn't? Batman's like a playboy. Batman's like a playboy. That man does not worry about someone else coming. He doesn't what? have time. He doesn't have time. That's so why he just... 
<laughs> he, has, he doesn't have time. He's only got a short window between dusk and dawn to make love. Also, you're, you're assuming that like going down on a woman is all about the woman's pleasure. That means that's, that's the assumption that men don't enjoy it and get pleasure out of it. I would say just 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 to put a little bit of weight in an argument that I I didn't know we were going to have some men do not like it. Sure. And some women do not like going down on men. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. This is true. You're right so, that I have a hard time believing that men actually enjoy that. Have you have you is that <laughs> Is this no, from it's not experience? been. It's not my full experience. No, <laughs> but I have a unfortunate uh, prejudice uh, in my head about prejudice. how <laughs> about how uh, men, that men don't consider women very much. This, but this is my dad fucked me up in a lot of different ways. Um, but yeah, uh, I I wonder if we would have this conversation a different way, or if this if this wouldn't have happened if we had female execs on the board. I wonder. No, I think it's still, I mean, I, I, I can imagine the DC universe being mindful of how their uh, IP is being used. I'm, totally. Totally. I, and to me, I, I mean, I, I think people are making it about going down on a woman as opposed, 100%. To, as opposed to how far do we sexualize Batman? How far do we see this side of Batman? Um, it's always, I mean, look, it's always been hinted at. You got all of these... All these he hot oh. women in his in his world. Catwoman licks his face. It's sexy. Yeah. So there is a good argument, and this is the cynical side of me, that probably more than anything, this pull quote gets released or gets, you know, viralized because they wanted us to talk about the TV show. And mm. now we have. Sure. Because no one loves anything more than talking about cuddling us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if people love talking about it, but I'm with you. This is this is where this is how I feel. I wish it was. I I wish I felt less embarrassed about it. I wish that the world best felt less embar- less embarrassed about it. I wish this wasn't a conversation as much. Maybe, maybe if more guys saw Batman going down on Catwoman, they would be more willing. But what if he comes up with a hairball? <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> Nick, what do you have for me this week? What don't I know? What Jess, you don't know, Nick. Tell me about it. And the Jess, you don't know, Nick. I can't uh, believe you're still dying on that hill. Uh, my Tracy Morgan hill, as you so aptly. Oh, that's right. It is Tracy Morgan. I'm so smart sometimes. Okay, we're gonna start. A, okay, we're gonna start a little game here that maybe i'll find new things to play with this this is the uh this is the never have i ever game where everything that i have everything that i'm about to name i've actually done so if this was actually a drinking game i'd be drinking every time okay uh, great but but just to see what uh, none of these i'm serious maybe you've done all of these it's very like, it's very possible that what i'm about Nothing I'm about to say is obscure. 
it's very possible that everything that I'm about to say you have done that it will help me understand you a little bit better. You, little we're going to calibrate with me. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to drink okay. my water every time I've done the thing. Okay. So, so far, I mean, this is, these are kind of in a limited range. I hope to find new stuff. Uh, and maybe, um, maybe if listeners out there want to DM me, is that the right thing? Uh, about things uh, that I could throw, throw at Jess for this never have I ever yes, section. Yes. You would want them to DM you it, or if they are a Patreon, they could send this to us exclusively and you will guarantee that you will use it. Great. Yeah. But we don't, but can they send it to Oh, us they so don't want don't me see to it? see it. Yeah. Then you DM you on Twitter. You're right. Yeah. All right. Fine. And I okay. also want to say right now, I'm going to make a commitment that if anybody tweets at me, I will tweet back. I'm going to do it now. So if That's anybody, right. just go ahead, tweet at me. I'm You've going to been make pretty it. good about it recently, and it makes me sad because you're so mean to me. But carry on. What? I thought that's called banter. No, it's great banter. <laughs> and this is banter now. Don't you get it? I'm always just trying to needle you. Okay, I'm going to start. Never have I ever... Mm-hmm. Used a payphone. Oh, she said. I'm drinking because I have, right? You drink because you, you have. Yes, you're drinking because you have. Okay, okay, okay. I, okay. I used to call my mom every lunch break because there was a payphone in middle school, and I would ask her to take me home maybe three times a week. Got it. Okay. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Right. So it makes sense. See, that's why I said none of these are going to be earth shattering. No, this is good though. This is good calibration. Just I really like us, it. Let us know. I mean, like what, what point do people, have people not had that experience of using a payphone? Listen, I know someone that's never eaten an apple, so you never know. How, okay, how about on this tip, never have I ever made a collect call. Oh, you have made a collect call. Great. Okay. Nine times out of ten because I couldn't find 25 cents. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the commercial? Uh, it's Bob. It, we had a baby. It's a boy. <laughs> where they tried to get the the. Uh, it's about like calling one eight hundred collect so that you don't have to pay right away. And you go, you're getting a collect call from. Uh, this is Bob. We had a baby. It's a boy. It's a great. Oh, you don't know the oh, commercial? Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're just trying to get. The, the to message your information in across. Yeah. Because yeah. you could record your name. Oh, you're getting a call from Jessica. And you had a five-second window. And someone crunched in. It's Bob. We had a baby. It's a boy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Classic. So, yes. I've, I've collected. I've collected. Called. You've collected. Okay. Um, never have I ever set up a time to meet someone at some place, arrived there, and hoped that they showed up, but had no idea whether or not they would. Okay, this would be assuming sense. this would be assuming that we were on the phone or at school and said, I'll see you at the Northridge Mall at 7 p.m. on Friday and not being able to text them to double check whether they're on the way. Correct. I would say probably, and that was probably the exact circumstance under which that happened. So I'm going to take a sip. <laughs> Northridge Mall. I mean, it's totally like, within your wheelhouse, right? Because, but, but not we, being drunk. I used to talk. I used to talk the, on the phone all the time, you know, like, you know, the actual phone. Um, we had it. We had a, what are those ring? What are Rotary. Rotary phones. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, mom, mom had to drop you off. You had to pray that like, your friend was going to be there. Well, see, that's the mom, that's the mom drop off. So you're more than likely it's going to happen, right? Because your, your right. moms are involved. 
Right. Um, I have so, not had the adult experience of not being able to call someone to see if they're on their way or running late or tell them mm-hmm. I'm running late. I've not yeah. had that experience. I don't think. Oh, so I guess my, stick a tree. my experience, like, like I didn't get my first cell phone till just after college. So basically all through high school and college, it was, you expected people to live up to their thing. And if they didn't, then you just figured it out and went on with your night, you know, and did something Totally. Else. Totally. Yeah. I don't know that I have that experience under my belt where it's like, oh, it's more like mom, her mom didn't drop her off. What happened? So yeah, it right. was mostly a, a young thing. Yeah. It's a good question. But how about this one? This one's interesting. You probably have this one. Let's see. Never have I ever listened to music in a store before buying it. I have. I'm going to take a You sip. have. Yeah. So that's, that's right around. I mean, that was something that came out probably right around the was time. Was it CD, CD even... Trader? No. CD Trader was a, a a store that I would go and turn in my CDs to. Good. Good. Goody. Sam Goody. They had. Uh, Sam Goody had headphones you could listen to music and i i don't know that i've been in a booth before because there was like booths at like cool vinyl places where you could like play a vinyl and check it out before you bought it yeah that's that's more this was that's more of a one for a, a gen zer i figured this was probably right in the pocket but again just trying to just trying to gauge where we're at i think that's we're- right but here's what here's what's really excellent about these questions nick is you're putting me right back into a pocket of, of time that I haven't thought about in a long time. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. Probably, it's, probably it's in your early teens, me. maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I almost remember going to listen to music, like maybe at a Borders, like because I think Borders had booths, just because I was awkward and didn't know how to like talk to the friend that I was there. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to go in here and look like I'm doing something cool. Like you're just you're just igniting a lot of uh, young Jessica. It's really cool. It's, it's It was such... And not like a, such a really interesting period of time because it didn't last that long before eventually it just became obsolete because MP3s came out or whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, but there was this period of time where you could go in, and I was a I was a music shop kid. I loved going to music shops. I loved going to use CD shops. You know, Amoeba in San Francisco was oh yeah was my jam. Anytime I went up there, I and still go came, there. I still yeah, still still a great ex- ex- experience. But now I'm, I'm like, why am I like? There's, uh, why am I buying a used CD right now? I don't know. I haven't figured out why I would ever do that again. Maybe it's so, maybe yeah, vinyl. I, don't, I haven't. Yeah, I don't buy. I haven't bought CDs since I lost all of them. You know, because again, we were burning them and stuff. Um, but my investment is all in vinyl. So I'll go to yeah. like a record store, like Amoeba, or or even at a Goodwill, and just kind of sift through what they have. So I, I'll spend money on music that way. That makes sense. Final. Because I'm like super sense. cool. Okay, now here's one that this would be interesting. Okay. Never have I ever recorded MTV music videos on VHS. Ooh. I don't remember, but I wonder if like my mom taped TRL or something for me because I was going to miss it. But I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to – I'm not going to take a sip because I don't <laughs> think I have that I can remember. 
But you have used VHS. A hundred percent. I have six tapes right now waiting to be transferred onto my computer. Uh, We were, I, oh, okay. I used a VHS to record Dave Matthews on the Bill Maher show (laughs) and Ann Coulter was (laughs) one of the guests. It was so odd. What a weird drop in to learn about Ann Coulter. Uh, And then like to like, record we had like we had a bootleg version of titanic we had and i so i'll take it one step further i remember distinctly one morning turning on kiss fm and hearing my heart will go on and then turning on like 93.1 or the star or something and literally two seconds later my heart will go on was also playing that's how big it was on the radio but like i remember that was exciting because then i could press record on my tape my cassette tape to record the song Oh, oh, well, now you just blew my last, you just blew my last question. That's fine. Now we know. Sorry. You used your tape to record the radio. I did. A lot. Right? Classic move. It's classic. I have a row of tapes that I have to go through. Some of them is, I even used tapes to record like my first songwriting endeavors, so... What what a crazy thing to record the radio. And like you're literally like <gasps> waiting, then you hit record at the right moment. Um and then to edit a tape on <laughs> edit to edit an actual tape. Oh my like god, to, to make it to make it look Oh, did you actually edit tape? Like cut it and then put it together? No, no, you just have to just record over at the right spot. Oh, a hundred percent. That was right. an art. An art. Mm-hmm. Did and you then ever, there was no going back if you fucked up. Never have I ever recorded my own voice on a mixtape that I made for someone else. Oh, I don't think I've done that. No, you haven't done that? I don't think <laughs> It's the one so. thing you didn't drink on. <laughs> uh, you, never, so, you never recorded your own voice? This, I don't God. think, that doesn't sound right. Because I think, I don't, I don't think I, I ended up making mixtapes for people. I made mixed CDs and there wasn't like an easy way to transfer your voice onto that. Although, I'll do you one better. <laughs> In 10th grade, I finally got up the gumption to ask out the boy from the football team that I really liked, who definitely didn't like me. And I put one song on a CD, and it was Eve Six, Here's to Tonight, which I later learned is about a one-night stand. And on the CD, I printed a label that said, Will you go to Vice with me? I handed him the CD. He walks to his locker. He, like, starts laughing and closes his locker like, like it was the weirdest display and then walked away. Uh, it was horrifying. Horrifying. <laughs> but you know what? At least I did it. At least I can say I tried. Took a stab. Oh, sad. Sad, sad, sad. Uh, oh, but I, yeah. A teenager. So I make, no, I fucking hated it. I fucking hated it. So you know what? Haley might think she's right, but she's miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Don't Know Nick or go to Facebook if you still use one of those, like the boomer that you are at Facebook.com slash you don't know. Oh, wait, YDKN pod or be a Patreon member. And get early access to this video if I have the time to edit it earlier. Not the video, but the recording. 
Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash ydknpod or it's all, no, patreon.com slash you don't know Nick. I can't keep it straight. What do you do? Okay. So Nick. much going on. I can't. I can't with you anymore. Okay. Question. Are we, are we going to see other podcasts? I think, uh, I think I'm going to give it one more week. <gasps> if you can make it past eight, it's going to be great. Bye, Nick. <laughs> Bye, Jess. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to You Don't Know Nick podcast. Do us a favor and give a review wherever you like podcasts or give it a subscribe. And if you want to find out more ways to support our show, go to youdon'tknownick.com. Now that was a JLV production.